Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about opening your heart chakra and what that means and ways to do it. And um, as we have been uh, rotating this, today in mind is the uh, 12 Kimi, mm -hmm. which is the uh, crystalline form of the world bridger, which means a lot once you begin to study Mayan. Mm -hmm, which we have for many years. Yeah. World bridgers are wonderful for taking one kind of mindset and bringing it into a new environment and letting it plant its seed there and grow. Uh, Kimmy's believe in their truth so much that they can share that truth with others. So it's a good day to, to speak your mind and, and even in environments that you think uh, wouldn't be welcoming to it because there's a lot of empowerment in that way. Years ago, we had a student who was uh, Kimmy who uh, put on their resume for a regular position in corporate mm -hmm. America, put that they had studied metaphysics and studied specifically with us and were hired as a direct result of that into a company that was very forward thinking. This is before the green, the word green in those days meant money. Mm. Now it means, of course, consciousness, which is really an interesting concept in and of itself. Hmm. But the uh, opening of the heart is yeah. a very interesting subject. Well, I, I, I feel that today, um, especially being a world bridger and a 12, it's a, it's a good day to talk about that. Uh, because what happens when we have a trauma, an emotional trauma, that creates what we think of as a broken heart is some event gets there in there and literally divides your heart, your metaphoric heart, in, into two pieces and it doesn't speak to itself anymore. And so what we're going to talk about tonight are different ways to allow the heart to communicate with itself again so that you can hear it. It's, it's very much like having a stone in a stream. This is how I explain EFT. When we have an emotional uh, hurt, as in somebody breaking our heart, um, uh, leaving us when we're in our teens, our boyfriend runs off with somebody else and it breaks our heart. It's like dropping a big boulder in our stream of oneness and now the water goes around it. And these two components forget about the water on the other side of the trauma or the block. And so we're not at one with ourselves, and we'll vacillate between calling somebody to us on this side of the river and pushing, us, pushing uh, somebody away on the other side of the river because we're afraid of being hurt. When we allow that trauma and that emotional pain to leave, then we reunite with ourselves and we can openly allow love to guide our life again, which is the opening of the heart chakra. Oh, yeah. In fact, on the lines on the hand, there is the heart line, which I believe is common knowledge. I'm not certain. Uh, but uh, that is actually um, the broken heart is visible on the palm you can see it and from a good distance. Mm. And uh, in the healing of the broken heart, that can actually vanish on one hand. Generally, one hand will retain the record of it and the other will retain the healing of it. So the idea of being able to set forth a new paradigm in your life where the broken heart has gone away. Now, in the world that we live in at the current time, the broken heart has got to be also parallel to a broken ego uh, because the uh, person had been attached to 
something without any uh, faculty by which to achieve it. So they had had this idea that things were going to go a certain way, and then they did not go a certain way. And the, the mind and the heart together did not have the faculty to be okay with that, and therefore the heart was broken. If your heart was actually open, it could not be broken, because whatever mm -hmm. the other person did, you would have to say, well, in the name of love, then I bless you, whatever that is. And then we could live in a, a completely different world than the one we live in, a far more advanced world. If the heart were actually open and loving, it is the, uh, so it is this ego's insistence on outcome that creates the actual breaking of the heart. That's a good point, and, and victim mentality as well. Oh, yeah. Assuming that one can be hurt. If, if we get a broken heart to begin with, it means that we're putting power over our happiness and our stream being uh, retaining its union mm -hmm. uh, into somebody else's power, yeah. and that is true. But I, I do feel that it's in the exploration of that illusion that we find the real oneness within, the real oneness that knows. Uh, like, let's say uh, that stream is united and we're born that way and, and we know, okay, nobody can take it or I am united, there can always be a fear that that could change, that that could shatter. So perhaps that's why we experience emotional pain, so that we know through the, the thing that we're afraid of that we have power over it ultimately. Oh, yeah. And it gets back to am I safe in the universe or uh, do I live in a safe universe? If I'm safe within the universe, then there always has to be a wall or some kind of a barrier. Oh. And on the other side of that is the unsafe part of the universe, which means you are perpetually in a state of resistance of it. When you say the entire universe is safe, then no more resistance, and that's when you attain what you just described. You, you can actually get to the point where you don't use or think in the word safe. That there is no such thing. Everything is safe. Mm -hmm. uh, reincarnation may be involved, yeah. but nothing has ever happened, not really. We have moved forward uh, slowly, but we have moved forward mm -hmm. And this idea. Now, the head and heart, that's a very interesting relationship. Mm -hmm. And the logic of the head and the emotions of the heart and the two, when they agree with each other, mountains move. Mm -hmm. uh, almost never do they agree with each other. And again, on the hand, you can see the relationship with uh, the head and the heart. Uh, it, it writes clearly on the hand what's going on that way. There's a half a dozen places on the hand where you just read that in the person to know what's been going on. So if the person has had a, a heartbreak very early in life, in their early teens, uh, even earlier, that heartbreak sets up the head as the dominant faculty in their life. And so their pursuit of someone uh, becomes the, um, the head's idea not tall enough, not the right color eyes, not the right income, not the right education, and if you're in LA, not the right car. Okay, so, um, which is not the heart talking at all. The heart had no voice in any of that. And then if you allow the heart completely, then you, you um, hook up with someone that is not serving you your development very well. You, you, it simply does not serve you well. Uh, the person you would hook up with, with only the heart, without the guidance. So it's the balance between the two that get the, uh, the movement forward. 
Now the truly open and loving heart is invulnerable, cannot be wounded. That is the thing about it. And we were going to propose, uh, first I, I wanted to say that um, you've read those tags that say dry clean only? Okay. Now. Neville didn't dry clean a pineapple, in other words. Right. He uh, washed it in the sink and it shrank. Yes, for those that, yes. Okay. All right. Now, what we would like to do is a charming game this evening, and that is the idea of the broken heart game. And I had talked about this. If you, I had talked about this, but if you have a broken heart, and we're not here to deride or criticize or any of the rest of this, if you would like to call in uh, about this, we can do a great deal of healing for you if you would choose that. Mm-hmm. Not only that, we have brought the quartz crystal bowl that yeah. heals the heart, which we'll do much later on. Uh, just the idea of, uh, of people, if you would like to call in and talk about mm-hmm. the broken heart, and it's anonymous, we wouldn't even necessarily ask for your name, yeah. or you could certainly make one up, yeah. which I think some people do sometimes, well, but one thing, okay. One yeah. thing about what we call a broken heart or mm-hmm. a heart not open, and what, what we mean by that, I know a lot of people that are familiar with chakras we hear, okay, a closed throat chakra, a closed heart chakra. Essentially, any time we close down a facet of us, it's because we're afraid. We're afraid yeah. that it is vulnerable, or, and, and that means we're afraid of some external power that's going to come in and harm that part of us. So we, we build up defenses in order to protect ourselves. An open heart, heart chakra is, some, is what Neville was talking about earlier, and I personally call it the Forrest Gump syndrome where you are totally at peace with yourself in the world and everything around you. And it is because you're in a state of allowance of all things. The, the only cause of aging is a resistance to what is, and unhappiness as well. Because a resistance implies a judgment, and the judgment is that things are wrong right now. So an open heart allows all things. And a lot of times people say, hey, wait, I don't want to allow losing my job and these things that we think of undesirably, it's not surrendering and, and giving up your power to decide. It is allowing what is to be there so that then you can gain power with it. And it reminds me of when my father was teaching me to drive and he said, turn in the direction of the skid. And I thought, well, that's insane. If I'm going careening off the side of the mountain, I'm not going to turn to go off the side of the mountain. And then I realized I was turning in order to gain traction. I was cooperating with the force that existed in order to gain traction and steer it where I wanted it to go. And so that, to me, is what allowing is. You look at your life right now. Okay, so Bill left me. Bill ran off with another woman. Here I am. Where's my power now? I'm turning in the direction of the skid by admitting what is without blame, and then I'm making new decisions on what my power is within the current situation. Instead of lamenting what you think the situation should quote unquote be, that is like being on a hamster wheel that always ends in slamming your head against a brick wall. I mean, it's not a pleasant thing to fight what is. And if we look at all the energy that we all put into fighting what is, and use it for loving yourself, the world's going to be a really exciting place. Yeah. Now, we have said so many times on this show that a synonym for love is powerful, is power. And uh, a small child that unconditionally loves everything that happens, 
uh, is an extremely powerful being, and we are trained to not love. That is basically a lot of the education that the head has is what to love and what not to love. And so our ability to love wanes as we grow older in a very specific way. So to restore that, to understand that if you return love for anything that happened, you would indeed be the most powerful person on the planet Earth, uh, probably this neighborhood of our galaxy to boot. But this idea of being loving, okay. Now, we, when we declare, we make the decision that the heart is broken. That is, the faculty of the head makes that decision, by the way. The heart would not make that decision. The heart, oh, I love him, I love her, and my heart's broken. Okay, that's the head chattering. The heart was saying, I love that person. And the head goes, well, my, my heart's broken. And then the um, uh, guilt, and that is uh, definitely guilt and uh, with a touch of fear and a sprinkle of Bunch worry of guilt and a bit and of worry. doubt and <laughs> a certain Regret. amount of worry or whatever words those were, yeah, um, just turns your entire um, being into spirit poison and then you more or less radiate spirit poison. Let, let's, let's throw a party and we'll invite everybody that has a broken heart. Yeah, that'll be fun, won't it? Yeah, let's, let's do that. And we'll hand out uh, <laughs> suicide kits and... Um, Lonely Hearts Club. <laughs> completely alienated Hearts Club. And uh, we'll just watch the entire house where this party is uh, held uh, just oh, fall lippy. into a black hole and vanish completely for the uh, benefit of everyone anywhere near to that house and etc. So the idea of uh, getting over the broken heart, which is to say opening your heart chakra, that idea is not far from us. That's not far at all. Uh, we've had, um, we used to do this game as the regret game. Call in, tell us about a regret. So someone called in and said, I regretted not going to college. And we said, well, what did you do during that time that you would have been in college? And they said, backpacked Europe. And we said, oh, so you regret backpacking Europe. You know, because you can really only do one thing, although I'm certain you could go, sign up for a course backpacking Europe and get two points uh, and mugged in Paris all at the same time. But the idea of uh, becoming uh, aware that there's no such thing as a regret, a regret means there's a little stone in your stream, that's what it means. And you can hang on to that for all you're worth, but to release well, that. It's amazing what a human being would not allow to come into their life or uh, decisions that one does not make out of fear of regretting. And fear of regretting, regretting is guilt in the past tense, but yet we fear that we go we're going to regret. And so everything is so thrown out of the moment. We've yeah. talked so many times on this show about how fear, fear, guilt, doubt, and worry run our lives and that it's always something outside of the moment. But one thing... Uh, that I would like to pull in here, and I'd mentioned it last week when I was at the Buddhist temple and I was meditating, and um, a, a wonderfully uh, high vibrational being of light came to me in that meditation and said, really, the bottom line of all things is the fear of not being loved or not being lovable. And if you think about it, everything anybody does that is not heart-driven is a fear of not being loved. So they have to do things to become significant in the world so that they become a value and that they're not forgotten. And biologically, this makes a lot of sense because if we do not have that incorporation socially with each other, we could die. And so we have evolved 
with that desire because the people that stuck together survived and that those are our ancestors. Well, one thing that is certain is that we can transcend these things driven internally, these, these mind things that drive us. And if we can get to the place where we inherently know our significance and our worth and our lovability without any validation one way or another externally, that is transcendence. And that's when we go beyond this. And we can never find that inherent knowing of our significance and lovability by getting it through a validation of someone else. And that's where we crave it. And that's why the broken heart syndrome happens, and that's the blessing in it, because it does drive us into the true source of this. As you know, there have been people that, I mean, and we've all had times in our life where no matter what amount of validation we get, it's never enough. It's because it's not something that quenches our thirst. Well, this is uh, very well done. This is the truth of the matter. The validation is not outside of us. It is inside of us. We have to validate ourselves. The idea of asking someone else for their opinion of anything uh, automatically short circuits our thought process. As in, you know, do I look good in this, or did you like that, or any of the rest of it. As soon as the, it could be in a question form, there are other uses of questions. But this idea, so um, praise is to me always suspicious. And insults are equally suspicious. They're kind of this, they're, they're poles around the same thing. In other words, if someone is, is very um, complimentary, then I kind of have to wonder. I really do. I won't wonder for long because I don't care what they're saying. I know if I like it or I know if I don't like it. And that's it. I don't have to go any further. And I'm not interested in going any further. I used to talk about the idea of please don't thank me because to say thank you is to, to talk about being unworthy. You know, the only thing I can possibly pay you with is by thanking you. Well, who said you had to pay me? You know, this whole concept. Well, so to release that, I mean, I it's hear just what you're inherent saying. in the language. Oh, no, no, I hear what yeah. you're saying. Um, and especially the blind thank you and, and, yeah. and the blind um, the manners. Sorry. But what I would say is there is a higher form of that, uh, mm -hmm. something to ponder and maybe discuss, but that there is a higher form of that. And when one is truly grateful and feels that love over what someone is doing and yeah. expresses that, it's, mm -hmm. an, it's a completely different feeling. Um, because I do believe in expressing gratitude because it, it feels expressing good. Expressing gratitude, yeah, yeah I'm it just talking feels about the good. Oh, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. That's why I wanted to differentiate yeah, yeah. the two. But the feelings of, uh, let's say, I love the color of your jacket and it brings me a lot of joy and I say, oh, that is so beautiful, I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, that feels good for me and by me sharing that, it feels good to you. Mm -hmm. And that is perhaps another reason people seek external validation. It's like that fix uh, of, of drug, a drug of yeah, some sort, yeah. because it does feel good to have that exchange and they seek it more and more. And, yeah, uh, but then that's, it becomes hollow then if you're just yeah. seeking it, and yeah. that's uh, an extreme we don't have to go to. Well, so I, th the I think, too, just allowing ourselves to have our love emanate from us and through us and out into the world is what we all seek. Yeah. And it's there all the time, and we don't have to get permission. We're taught early on in our life often to get permission for that. Yeah, uh, another aspect of this whole thing is credentials that you hang on your wall. And I... I'm always 
the opposite of impressed when there's a whole lot of diplomas because the person has spent a lifetime being told by other people that they were valid. I don't, you know, if you had a diploma, I declare this to be my diploma. Thank you very much. I've signed it, and here it is, and this validates me. That's why you always put one of those for someone to sign for themselves at the end of every book. Every book, yeah, that, uh, so that you can validate yourself, because that is the point. But when the wall of the office is covered in credentials, uh, I, it, I'm automatically set in such a place that I am marginal about what I will believe about what the person has to say because they aren't his words for one or her words, they're somebody else's words, and therefore automatically not germane to who well, I am know, or what I'm doing. I got it. You know, you're, you're very uh, correct on that. We are brought up to become an identity, to grow up to be instead of being yourself. Robert Fulgham wrote a really beautiful essay on a business card, and he goes, how can I put all these things I, on, on a business card of who I am? What credentials and diplomas, as you're talking about, what they represent is a value or a validation from a very thin, mainstream type of a validator mm -hmm. and not through anything else. And so it's like we can't validate ourselves for loving to throw flowers up in the air and, and roll around on them. Like that's not a validatable type of thing, mm -hmm. but learning math is. And we've got these... these um, criteria and these different rules about what makes something valid. And so whenever we do express ourselves and how we feel about things, we run them against this list about, of what's acceptable. Well, the idea of actually recognizing someone else as uh, having credentials would be done by seeing their auric field or with eye contact with the person. But as soon as that's been externalized, that was just the conclusion. As soon as that's been externalized into paper on the wall, and believe me, I much prefer different forms of wallpaper than credentials. Well, let me ask you, without, this, without the rule, I'm, I'm asking this of everybody watching the show or listening to the show as well, without going to the mainstream assortment of credentials, what are yeah. three top credentials that you have right now? What are three that come to your mind? I would love for somebody to call in and say. Okay. I would say, I love children. Mm-hmm. Unconditionally. I really do. Okay. That's a credential. Um, yeah. I like to crochet and knit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Therefore, meditation, which is definitely a credential. I love to play. Well done. I love to recognize. I am fond of the idea of being able to recognize. I'm extremely fond of the ability to self-correct. Okay, now here's the thing. Let's write these as certificates. And instead of credentials, we write, these are the things I love. Because we are really defined by our preferences and we're defined by the things that we love. Otherwise, we're all the same energy. So put those on your walls as your credentials. I mm -hmm. love, I love, I love, and, and write what's after that. Yeah, that would be well done. That would be an office that would be worth attending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's have some people call in if you wish. We had talked earliest about the idea of if you are willing to talk about that my heart is broken uh, because someone I loved has passed or I, I, um, my heart is broken. As we said, it's not necessary to identify yourself. But if you'd like to talk about that, it's very likely that we can uh, 
place in your thoughts and your heart the idea of a different approach to this, uh, which may be holding you prisoner for absolutely no reason, and it may take you on your own any number of years to leave that, but we believe that we could do it much more efficiently mm -hmm. and uh, with a sense well, of humor as well. Would we, uh, one thing that, that we may as well go ahead and do, um, oh, we do have a call. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Eleanor. Oh. Eleanor, hi. Hi, Eleanor. Hi. I'm, I'm interested in what you're talking about, the broken heart. Uh -huh. I, I just wonder, Mary and Neville, what do you do when you're 80 years old? The children, grandchildren are all grown up, and they don't know that you exist, and yet you've been with them growing up and caring for them. What part do I play now in their lives? Because oh, I don't oh. hear from them. Well, okay, you play the part in your life, not their life. Mm -hmm. As you're, you're relying on these people for your worth, and it's the other way around. When you regard yourself as worth, then they have to regard you that way. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if you said... Um, I, with or without you, am going to the museum of uh, whatever that is on Sunday, and you just announced this, then the kids will go, oh, yeah, okay, let's go. And then you say, well, I never invited you, and then hang up on them. Wow. And then the next time around, they will be up for it. I'm sure that will take care of everything. It will, actually, um. <laughs> because you will regard yourself as worthwhile, and then they will have to go, damn, that person is worthwhile. That's, mm -hmm. that's very true. But one thing that when you do that, it has to be something genuinely felt. Otherwise, it won't have the I'd same effect. I'd go to the museum. Okay, well, well let, me, let me put forth it, yeah. just something to, to kind of go underneath that, because sure. I agree with you. I agree mm -hmm. that that's the result, absolutely, is to live your life. But one thing that we don't realize, you know, we were talking about credentials, is we get cast and we cast ourselves into roles in our life. And what happens is then when other people grow out of the role they were playing, as in grandson or son, mm -hmm. and we are no longer mother and grandmother because they have grown out of that role and we didn't allow ourselves to, yeah. that's when we be, are left feeling like we're abandoned. And some, the best thing we can do for ourselves is to love us enough to grow out of the roles that we're in and see them as roles, as, as things we put on for a time and that are not our identity. And if you write down five things that you love and put those on your walls as your credentials, you start identifying with the you that loves those things. A long time ago, I realized we're like a crystal ball and you know, really clear one. And there's just the essence of a, a border that is different than the background because uh, mm -hmm. it's see-through. And that's in a way how we are. And the only way we have definition in the large pool of consciousness is through our preferences. That I may like blue and you may like orange. I love sunsets, you love sunrises, let's say. Well, once you start getting to know who you are, you won't get trapped in a role. We only take on the roles and identify with them when we don't know who we are. Mm -hmm. So this is a great so, time yeah. to learn who you are, Eleanor. Yeah, mm -hmm. declare your new you. Uh, Neville? Yes. Uh, that's great about saying, well, I'm going to the museum, but unfortunately or fortunately, all the grandchildren live in other states. I'm here all alone. So I can't call up and say, okay. let's get together. So I guess that's where I feel like the broken heart. Okay, yeah. so... 
I'm just keeping in the same example, whatever city that is, uh, say Cleveland, then you could go to the Rock and Roll Museum, and you could call up and say, look, I'm going to be in the Rock and Roll Museum. You want to join me there? I mean, there, there is the point at which it has to mm -hmm. be, everything works on magnetism. It is the way the entire of the universe works. And um, either we set our magnet to attract or we set our magnet to repel. Uh, in general, females of our incarnation, um, those amongst us that chose the female being, become expert at magnetism, attracting and repelling both. The men of our planet they just uh, repel. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are experts at the uh, other end of the electron end of things and the focus things. And mm -hmm. both are correct. And all human beings do both. We all do both. Now, as at this point, the idea of being magnetic, the idea of being attractive, is what's gone away. <clears throat> that, and uh, as we said, the broken heart absolutely sours the last place on Earth you could drag me, maybe on another planet, because I'd be curious about the other planet, but on this planet, the last place you would drag me would be to the party of the broken-hearted people. Mm -hmm. There is just nothing there. The, let, well, let's hear it. Let's hear your story. Why was your heart broken? And, like, it's interesting. Well, it's I just had a couple story. more Go things ahead. to say to Eleanor, mm -hmm. and then we've got a couple yeah. other calls. One thing I would also suggest is... Part of what the sadness or the feelings that you're feeling are is that you perhaps stayed in your role as so-and-so or whatever that is long after you were pulled to leave and now here other people are not. Um, for instance, if we stay late and work hard and a fellow employee doesn't, we get mad if they get rewarded, not because they got rewarded but because we betrayed ourselves by staying late and doing all that work. So I would say I forgive myself mm -hmm. for selling me out, so to speak, at different times in my life. And the magnet, <clears throat> your magnetism never left. It's just still magnetized to an old role instead of who you really are. So once you do that, your magnetism will come. But thank you so much. What a great and, question. Yeah. And, <clears throat> oh, and I think uh, we got another be. call. Eleanor, yeah. please call back if you have yeah. more to say. And uh, our next caller, please. What's your name, if you wish? Hello? Can we turn that up, please? Hello? Hello, control room. Could we turn that up, please? We're, we're getting, we know there's someone on there, but it's not audible in here. Audible. If we had a two or a 300 year lifespan, we're all, good. All of the broken. Hi, caller. What's your all name, please? All of the broken heart. Hi, this is Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Barbara, what can we do for you? Well, um, need some guidance on how to heal a broken heart. I lost my husband suddenly after 32 years of marriage, and I've been struggling and trying to work through this. Okay. Okay. Well, relentlessly on this program, we offer the idea, and it is a universal truth, that 100% of everything that happens in anyone's life is their choice. There's no such thing as a victim. There's no such thing as... Um, a life cut short, that's another one that is shocking to people. Uh, uh, this man lived a completely full life and he left exactly on cue. Um, each of us have a certain number of things that we're going to accomplish in a given lifetime. That may be as elementary as building a heart and feeling it beat a few times, uh, or to see, um, look lovingly into our mother or father's eyes, 
or invent this cyclotron, you know, whatever that might be. But we all do it perfectly, and done is done. That's the thing. Okay. So to accept that there's nothing the matter there would be one thing, and then to assign yourself a different role, which is becoming very popular, you know, to uh, create. Well, go ahead. Becoming very popular. I was just wondering what you meant by that, but. Um, uh, that's all. I was yeah. just wondering what you meant by that. Oh, that's why oh, okay. I made whatever gesture. Uh-huh. Um, well, I would say it gets back to what we were saying before. A great deal of what the pain is, as Neville was saying, it's like there was supposed to be something that wasn't there. And so that sets you up to resist what is. In other words, I, I, of course you didn't want that to happen, certainly. And so therefore engaged in uh, using energy to get that circumstance to change, which it's not going to because it's already done, mm-hmm. okay, he's, he's gone. Once you accept what, what is, then you can start finding your power again. And accepting what is includes your feelings, your feelings of sadness, your feelings of loss, whatever it is, saying mm-hmm. this is where I sit, this is how I feel, and now I'm going to let I'm going to let myself walk through this. When you um, find your power within that and say, okay, I'm going to sit in it and I'm going to walk through it, then you can let go of the fear of this lasting forever. Because what's going on in part is that you are afraid that this pain or these feelings are going to last forever, and they're not. They belong to this moment. Stand in this moment. Deal with them in this moment. You won't have to carry them into the next moment. And we're going to be doing an exercise later that's going to offer some healing with that. Yeah, so quite a bit, so keep please watching. do stay tuned. Um, and, we have and we do have a number of other calls. I just want to say that once you have um, uh, agreed that you can release the identity of the broken heart, then the question becomes, what is the new identity that you would choose? And one would instinctively default into some teen identity or something where, you know, the next romance or a new one. the yeah. yeah, that's my whole point. Yeah. What would the new identity rather than the default or the broken heart identity? Mm-hmm. See if you go, all right, I'll I'll release the broken heart identity and so then I will search for a place I was sure. happy mm-hmm. uh, which would be earlier in life. But the question remains then, who are you now? And that that in and of itself would fill the entire wall with writing. Okay. You know, who it is that we well, yeah. are. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and what it is is to re- recognize roles. And, and we do identify with, with um, the role that we are in, even if it's a painful one. But thank you for that. Yeah. It was a brilliant Barbara, question. That was and we have another call. Yeah, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Sharice in Los Angeles. Sharice, hi. all right. What can we do for you? Um, I have a question about being in love. Is it possible to really be in love? Nope. Or, or are we just seeking, you know, when you were talking about external validation, are we just seeking t- uh, some uh, sort of completion or to get external validation? And I'll hang up and listen. Okay, yeah. great. I'll, I'll start that one. Sure. Um, one thing that I have said on the show before is we aren't taught that we can love ourselves directly, so we seek to love ourselves vicariously through others. Other people at at most can only be an inspiration for us allowing love to flow through our hearts. So when we are in love with someone, we are really having love erupt within us, coming out of our heart. And whatever our system of rules were, it required a person 
to inspire it to happen. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to have that rule. We can feel love at any and all things. I can pick up this water bottle and feel just as intense love over this as I could a newborn baby or my soulmate. Yeah. And it's really a matter of what we grant ourselves permission to feel, and it's all designed with your rules. And we can inspire each other in wonderful, wonderful ways, for sure. Uh, yes, let me do this in a slightly different way, and I am sure. I'm agreeing with you perfectly. I'm going to say the same thing. By and all means. And come to a conclusion about the universe itself, which won't take very long. We have the idea that um, the happiness, the joy, the fun, the thrill, is in, it's out there. It's in the fast car, mm -hmm. it's in the other person, it's in the um, uh, cards that are the winning hand in the poker game, it's da 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 da. And the truth of the matter is that that comes from us and we flow it into the car or the other person or the this or that. So let's just stick with that one point that the source of all this is us as individuals and we flow it out. So in the meditation I was doing this morning when I was coming back from sleep, uh, I went through this drill and I found that I was in the practice of infusing uh, joy into this or that. And when I, I infused this in, think it didn't stop. It didn't stop. It infused all things, all situations, everywhere. It infused the entire planet. And the entire planet then infused the... Uh, entire of our local solar system. And uh, it's still going. I, at the end of the meditation, I just came back because the day began, but this ability to enjoy was still spreading. Well, that sounds lovely. It was a view of the universe I had never had, but now the entire of the universe is the sor source of joy, whereas before that moment, that breakthrough and that meditation, the joy was, and I don't even remember what I was thinking of, but wasn't that fun, I was thinking. Boy, that was well, so yeah. much fun. Well, and, and then so, the realizing that it was me, yeah. not the thing. Yeah, that's great. And since it's a free will universe, yeah. you were, your love flowed and inspired everything else to flow. Yeah. And those of us that have access to that free-flowing love at any time can make decisions not to be inspired by that. So make the decision to be inspired. And we have another call. That's inspiring. Hi, caller. What's your name? Hi there, Neville. This is Dana. Dana, hi, hi, Mary. Hey, how you doing? Uh, never better. I'm really pleased to catch you live. Oh, good. Wonderful, Excellent. wonderful. Hey. <laughs> Love your topic, by the way. It's one of my favorite subjects. Excellent. Just the heart in general. And what I wanted to ask is, um, you know, I'm very willing to have my heart out there for people. And, uh, you know, so I can inspire others to be loving. Yeah. So in the meantime, I risk getting it hurt, and it does get hurt, and I'd like to understand how to make it not hurt so much. Oh, good one. Well, um, first of all, I would say be out there for you and uh -huh. rather than being out there for them. And it took me a long time in my particular incarnation to figure out that it's okay to love myself, which means in any given situation, if it's not loving me and loving the other person, then it's not the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so if my heart is out there, let's say, and somebody chooses to step on it or, or cause me something that drains my personal life force, then I'm not loving me. So therefore, it can't possibly be the right thing for them. So we must always love others through the doorway of ourself because we can only love in others what we love in ourselves. Now, in the movie adaptation, which 
starred Nicolas Cage as twin brothers, uh, and the the brother with the curly hair said to the brother with the straight hair, uh, probably the other way around, uh, but uh, the one said to the other, you know, your girlfriend in high school cheated on you, and the guy said, it doesn't make any difference to me because the experience was my loving her, not her loving me. Yeah, he actually said the love I gave gave her was mine. Yeah, is what yeah. He said, after all, because she was cheating on him in front of both of them, and he goes, um, after all that love you gave her, doesn't that break your heart? And he goes, what are you talking about? The love I gave her is mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I've okay, that, and <laughs> you used the word risk. Mm-hmm. So, okay, there, we'd love to believe in the word risk, but it really isn't a real word because it's a safe universe. So the word risk is uh, programming that is designed to keep us from taking risk. I, for years and years, have talked about searching for a synonym for the word love and eventually came up with the word risk. But the reason wow. I, uh, the word eventually is in there is that I didn't regard risk as a real word to begin with. All in language codes, risk is not real. There is no such thing as risk. So I say this all the time. And then someone says back to me, uh, risk is love. In other words, taking a risk is an act of love. And, and that really impl- snapped my head around. That's brilliant. You know, and it was it, cathartic. And because the risk being an act of love, it's, it's really an act of trust yeah. that your love and your feelings of love are inside you. And I, and I think of it as a placenta in a, in, a, in a baby. The mother's blood goes into the placenta, the baby's blood, and drops off nutrients. The baby's blood picks it up. It's not that the mother's and the baby's blood mixes. And that's really how love is with us is we inspire each other to create it within. And so if we are taking it out and looking to be the validator for that person or taking the other person's love and bringing it in, where it's not really how it is best to serve us. Well, one thing I thought we could do. um, One more thing, just as we said earlier in the show, a truly open heart cannot be broken. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. Yeah, yeah, because love is, everything is love. There is nothing that is not love. We, we play these games down here in the pretense that certain things are not love, but it does not turn out to be true. Everything is love. The, the darkest, most villainous person in the world is actually being mm-hmm. loving. Pardon the expression, Hitler thought he was doing the world a lot of good. Well, it's, it's just the way this whole thing who works. Who knows how open that heart was, but a, a truly open heart knows that it is not mingling with other things. So it is completely in a state of allowance and safety and knowing at all times. And so um, I think that's a good, um, good place to segue. Well, yeah. thank you, Dana. What a beautiful question. Yeah, thank excellent. you very much. Right after the duck, I wanted to get the bowl rung because we're getting yeah. close to the end of the show. Yeah, um, okay, good. Um, do we, can we just do the bowl real quick or are we setting up for duck? I guess we're setting up the duck. Anyway, in a few moments after the duck, I'm going to ring the heart bowl, which is the note F, which is a resonant frequency of your heart chakra, which will help immensely to heal old pain. And what I would like you to be doing is thinking of something that has quote unquote broken your heart. In other words, tricked you into thinking was bigger than your love. Yeah. Um, and, And put it into that sound to be transmuted back into loving life force for yourself. Okay, so we are set up. Yeah, I know. This is great. We'll, we'll do it in our lovely red head. 
I got trust. So the loving heart, the open heart is the trusting heart because it knows that it is the source of itself. And discernment, mm -hmm. the recognition mm -hmm. of what uh, serves you and what does not serve you. Brilliant. Yeah, okay, which is a well, very well. important part of love also. Mm -hmm. the, okay. uh, oh, go ahead. Go let's ahead. let's go do ahead this. Up. It was the idea of the um, all-enabling... Um, well, I forget the axiom. It's a long time ago. Compa but, all compassion is not enabling, in other words. Yeah. Um, compassion doesn't always enable. It's the long, It's long in there somewhere. It. I'll go okay. push it out. So what we're going to do is play this note F. It's the heart chakra yeah. bowl. Mm -hmm. Neville and I have been doing bowls together for over 10 years now. Oh, yeah. 15 years. Very long time. A long yeah. time. Um, so just listen and put what you feel of as a heart pain. Eleanor, the sadness of not having those around you. Put it in there and let that, let that be transmuted so you can invite pure love into your life because it doesn't have to come in the role that was there. It can come in new and different and better roles. Mm -hmm. grenades, which is the heart that's just ready to explode. Yes, absolutely. We, we gave it a safe uh, explosion lo location. Yeah. So accept the gift of letting it go. There's no reason to hang on to the pain. Love is right there, ever present. Remember, you are the source of your own love. And okay. the source of your own pain, mm -hmm. yeah. interestingly enough. Okay. And uh, we have callers for the, uh, someone's bouncing okay. up and down, we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary and Neville. This is Barbara again. Hi, hey, Barbara. Barbara. Welcome back. Thank We've you. Missed you. Um, and thank you. You've given me a lot of things to uh, think about and work on. I appreciate Wonderful. it. And what I'm calling is, I would uh, call back is, I would like to get a reading from Mary, if I could, please. Oh, I'd be most happy to. Okay, I will hang up and listen now. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. The first card we get, the dream. I feel you are being visited in the dream time, um, and so pay attention to your dreams in a good way. There's, there's never anything um, but wonderful love everywhere as long as we develop the eyes to see it. This is also saying to look at some of the old dreams you've had in your life and see if they still apply to you and 
maybe inject some new life force in it and let go of some older dreams that maybe you haven't really decided you wanted to do anyway but that are taking up space in your life. The politics card talks about trying, on one level, seeking to um, make everybody happy and in the end nobody's happy and they blame us for it. So get out of any kind of a situation that's like that by saying, I am not responsible for anyone else any more than anyone is responsible for my happiness. It's very freeing in a lot of ways. I also feel that being upfront, straight, and honest are very critical to you. So work environments or any kind of a social environment where you feel like you're having to put on these masks and roles and other people aren't really being straight up with how they feel, that, that's okay to walk away and let go of things like that. And you really um, have a great gift of teaching and sharing some of your experiences and maybe getting around other people that have had similar experiences and talking about it would be bring a lot of fulfillment. Okay, Excellent. well thanks Barbara. Mm -hmm. And we have another caller. Hi caller, what's your name please? Hi Mary, hi Neville, it's Katie from Calabasas. Oh, hey, hi, welcome. how are you? It's good to hear from you. Yeah. Thank you, it's great to see you guys. Yeah. I had a little question that I was hoping could translate into a, uh, then could move into a reading for okay. me. Okay. Um, as you know, or may know, um, I lost my son in November, and my husband and I are in the process of healing, and even though we don't feel like we have broken hearts, we definitely miss him. Um, and just in terms of energy and, ma um, like you were saying, mag magnetic forces and things like that, we're both also looking for jobs right now, and I was wondering if when you feel sort of hurt and you're healing and your energy fields may not be as strong as they have been in the past, is it possible for you to then also attract things to yourself like a new job? Um, yeah, I, I believe so. I think that the lower energy field really only affects things on that radio frequency, so to speak. And um, I, I still feel that you can. Um, it's really subject to what you believe about that. Did you have something you wanted to say about that? Well, when one's child goes, one is left with the impression and its um, interesting opponent, the idea that the uh, child's life was cut short, which is not a possibility. There is no such thing as a life cut short. Never has been done, never will be done. Uh, there is great... Um, healing in the recognition that the child came to earth to do exactly what they did yeah. and uh, that they they were done it was that simple that may have been the very last incarnation that soul had to have uh, and a lot of the last incarnations turn out to be short ones all you had to do was uh, feel a, a heartbeat again that was it and then gone but uh, the idea that um, uh, they are complete moreover they did a really, truly magnificent job of being complete, and you can be very happy with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've, that knowledge we've talked is very about healing. this uh, yeah. before privately, too, and I, I oh. agree with you okay. uh, a great deal about that. Yeah, and they're very that it's in good shape, yeah. and that leaves you free to pull your uh, self together again, because finding a job is a decision. It's not, it, everybody paints it in pictures as though it's this difficult thing. It's no, just the opposite. You just go now. Yeah, well, go ahead. 
Um, I, I just pulled a few cards. I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if Katie was wanting me to, but I, I, decide, I, I decided to do that anyway. This card talks about opportunities coming. And for some reason, this, it also represents something from the West. And I know you said you're from California, um, but something warm. But to look at things from an overview. And where I think would be very helpful is not necessarily to cling to ways you used to make a living or jobs you had in the past. What we tend to do is like those exercises as children where they have a list of words and pictures and you have to draw lines to match them up. It's like we have our uh, experience and the openings in the job and we're trying to match everything up. Here I would say let go of your identity of who you used to be or what the jobs are and open up to something very, very different because I really sense that about both of you that that's the next thing on that path and that could be why there isn't as high vi highly vibrating energy in that way is because you're looking to do something different but thank you thanks guys thanks good to hear sure. from you yeah and we have another caller hello caller what's your name please you oh hi Good. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'll be quick, but I wanted to say first I was at Sticks and Stones in um, Fairfax today. Uh huh. And uh, they talked a little bit about you there, and, and they had your little postcard, which is beautiful. Mm. So I think you came and gave a class there at one point. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. We both did. It's a yeah. lovely place. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's cute. And, uh, but my question is, and I heard you talking about a job with the last uh, caller, but that's my question. I quit my job last August. Congratulations. <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought. And I was so, uh, thought this is the right thing to do. I'm not happy here. And I know exactly where I'm going. And I just kept thinking these right thoughts. And the place that I was going to go didn't turn out. And here uh, I am uh, still. Uh, uh, the place you went did turn out. You have to recognize that. Yes. Yeah. Everything is a stepping stone. But anyway, let's uh, get the rest of her questions yeah. to make sure. Yeah. Well, no, the question is, I've been sitting around going, I don't, I, you know, and every day it gets harder and harder, and you start losing confidence in yourself going, well, maybe, God, can I even do anything now? Well, we can sell you confidence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, no, you just, just be there. I had a friend who was, uh, go ahead, you've drawn the cards already. Oh, go ahead. That's all right. I, I didn't even I know I had a friend who was phenomenally qualified. He had a doctorate of law from Harvard, and he could not get a job. And I said to him, all right, so you're the only person on earth that doesn't know that you're on vacation. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah. And then uh, the last time I heard from him, he had been a, an honorary, he'd been made a Navajo, and he's the Navajo Nation lawyer. Whoa. And he, he did an amazing amount of in fluxing to create the wealth that is now becoming the uh, Navajo Nation. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, and it's also named Tom Jones, I might add, but not that we're uh, blah, blah, blah. Not the singer, in other words. So anyhow, no, just be confident. Stop not being confident. That's how you do it. Okay. Just be confident. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're down to under a minute. Oh. So we'll go ahead and um, we've got... Um, Seikim coming up this weekend and Master Healing Techniques which is uh, pulling in a bunch of different things, consciously creating your life. And the new shows. And uh, uh, I will be sending out the schedule for the new live shows Neville and I are doing separate where you can call in for readings and healings with me and other insight and things with Neville. I'm going to be going over the new book uh, mm -hmm. as the uh, fodder of the uh, mm -hmm. series that I'll mm -hmm. be doing. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I uh, would just say in the last yeah. couple minutes, I can't really uh, go into the cards too much, but it's saying that it's really time for you to let go and just take that leap of faith and not be comparing the old blessing to the new blessing because they are quite different. It's our joy and honor to take you to the door. Thank you. 